Good morning. This is our third session on the Father's Wisdom. And we've talked about net worth. And what I want to talk about in this session is how to protect that net worth for the next generation. And one of the things I didn't get a chance to finish the last time, I want to I'll speak for just a minute to uh, my children and to remember there's certain things that you should teach the grandchildren. And one of the things that I taught you, and that is to make sure that you would not grow up and be a liability to the family instead of a uh, an insurance to the family. What I mean by liability is that uh, I never allowed you to totally depend on me and your mother for your livelihood. Uh, even starting when you're very small, we made sure that uh, you had an allowance, and if uh, you ran out of that allowance uh, in between paydays, uh, you didn't get any more. We wanted to teach you how to uh, budget money. Uh, and all of you, uh, which are adults and have your family there and you're doing well, uh, we wanted you to also uh, know how to feed, uh, clothe yourself, provide shelter for yourself, manage money, and number one, uh, making sure that uh, you understood the most important thing in your life was God. And all of you have done well. We want you to pass it on to the next generation. And when I say an insurance policy, each one of you are very good at managing money, saving money, uh, building a net worth, and I'm very pleased with that. And that's what I mean by insurance policy. You are my insurance policy because I don't have to financially uh, take care of you and constantly uh, uh, feed money and support you because you have learned how to do that very successfully yourself. And that's what I mean about uh, being able to take care of yourself uh, and what the difference is in liability and insurance. The other thing I want to talk to you about is when you're young, uh, there are some things that you should take under consideration and start looking uh, toward your net worth. Now, one of the quickest ways to figure out if you're on track for your net worth, there's a little formula here that you should use to find out if you are accumulator of wealth or you're under accumulator of wealth or your average accumulator of wealth. And this is one way to check and see what your uh, net worth is. Now, we've already talked that your net worth is, uh, just take a sheet of paper on one half of it, put down everything you owe, your credit cards and bills and mortgage and everything else. On the other side of the paper, put down what you own personally yourself, which could be equity in a home if you've had it, uh, which some of you have had it for 10 or 15 years, the equity in there. You could also, I don't like to use that right away, but your 401ks, uh, your savings, and uh, you subtract your liabilities from uh, your investment. And if you come out 
with positive numbers, then you have a very good uh, net worth. But one of the things in uh, figuring out what your net worth should be, uh, you should take, multiply your age time, your pre-tax uh, means, for example, if you are making, let's say, $43,000 a year and uh, you are, you multiply that by your age and let's say, for example, if you are 41, uh, let's say 41 times, uh, uh, let's say 43,000 plus you had another $10,000 in savings, let's round it up and say you have $57,000 that you have with your pay that you're bringing in. And we're also looking at the 10,000 you have in savings. So if you multiply that times your age of 41, you would uh, roughly have $2,173,000. Now what the, the key thing is that you divide that by 10. And if you divide uh, 2173000 uh, by 10, you would come up with $217,300. And that's what your net worth should be, meaning that after you pay off everybody that you owe are in, and you look at your 401ks and look at your uh, savings, it should, uh, you should be worth around $217,000 and we're talking about if you're 41 and I, the, my daughter, you're at that age so you can use this formula to see if you're on track or you're moving in the direction that you should be moving. This is very important. Now I was looking at uh, uh, something the other day that was we started to talking about and we did not finish uh but i thought it was 10 mistakes that uh one can make and this will damage your net worth it it, it will stop you from achieving a good strong net worth uh and that net worth is very important because you can say that's a part of my earning my work my life that I own are is not tied to net worth is not well I've got a new car and you've only paid a thousand on it and you owe another thirty thousand on it and the bank can pull it anytime. I'm talking about how much uh do you have that you can say belongs to you? How much have you carved out of your pay and your savings and your investment that's put to the side for you? In case of emergency, case of family problems, are most importantly for when you get to the point where uh, you're with where mom and dad is at, and you have to retire, and you have to uh, make sure that you have something in place where you can, you won't have to only rely on social security, um, uh, pension, but you have a good strong. Uh, nest egg that you have saved up so things will be better. But here's some things that, that while you're young and you're in the workforce, uh, don't make these mistakes of not contributing to your retirement. Because I promise you, if you live long enough, you're going to face retirement. 
And you should be thinking about retirement uh, now and putting back with your 401ks. And, and you should also be looking for a way to save your money. If you have 401ks at work, uh, think about uh, putting them into a Roth IRA in t- to the point that it's 15 or 20 years. Eventually, we know the tax is going to go up. So when you start to pulling your monies out, uh, you won't have to give a large portion of it to Uncle Sam. So you should start thinking about zero tax investments there. What can I do? What things can I buy? What type of investments? Uh, what things can I use to save my money there? And uh, buying uh, more car than, than you can afford can be a serious problem. You know, uh, I've never been one who uh, cared to invest a lot of money in a car because to me it was investing a lot of money into a pile of rust. Eventually, I remember one, uh, uh, the boys would want me to drop them off uh, two blocks from school because I drove uh, uh, 78 uh, LTD and for years, it was so old that they were embarrassed to be in it. But it saved me a lot of money to the point that it was time to send them to college. I had the money to be able to do that. Uh, I believe in you should have a nice car, but that should not be your top priority, investing your money in something that eventually will turn into a, a bucket of rust. Uh, always uh, remember that when you... Uh, teaching my grandkids that uh, make sure that they're not only concerned about uh, purchasing the cars and things of that nature. Uh, it's very important to protect your net worth is to have an emergency fund. And the reason that you want an emergency fund is that if something goes wrong, you don't have to go into your net worth, I'm talking about uh, pulling money out of your 401k, pulling money out of your uh, uh, investments to take care of things. Uh, Myself and your mother have always used uh, the idea of having $1,000 to the side. And I'm going to go through another uh, uh, several steps that we use also. But we always had $1,000 set to the side in case something went wrong and we needed new tires or the washing machine went out or one of you uh, needed something when you were coming up and living at the home. And and 90% of the unexpected things would fall into that range of uh, that $1,000. And and that would also uh, help us with the next thing I want to talk to you about is that we... I learned uh, at a very young age in our marriage, living on a credit card is is is, is trouble. Uh, that should be a no-no. And to keep that emergency fund of $1,000, you can basically uh, not have to uh, live on a credit card. Living on a credit card uh, is a mistake. And I've had a lot of friends who have found themselves in a very awkward position when the economy starts to take in a roller coaster up and down and the interest rates would uh, uh, go up 
So my suggestions to you is to stay away from credit cards and work very hard toward uh, living within your means. The other thing I want to uh, pass on to you, a father's wisdom, is set yourself a financial goal. Uh, uh, what do you want to achieve uh, uh, in your savings? What do you want to achieve for saving for education, for things that you want in life? You should always be thinking about uh, preparing for a rainy day and you do that by trying to accumulate those assets that will be your net worth if something were to, were to go wrong and one of the ways that uh, a lot of my our friends ran into trouble uh, was trying to uh, keep up with the Joneses uh, and I've always said to all of you that uh, things that uh, God has blessed uh, me and your mother to accumulate, they were accumulated over 45 years. Uh, and to try to accumulate those things in five years or six years or seven years is really putting yourself uh, at a, a financial uh, a, a crisis waiting to happen. So take your time, plan what you're going to do. And one of the things that uh, we would do, we were at the uh, first of every year, we would sit down at the table and I would say uh, to your mother, you know, write down the 10 things that you would like to accomplish this year. And I would write down the 10 things that I would like to accomplish this year. And one of those things, for example, was that we wanted to educate uh, give all the children uh, a college degree. And uh, she would look at her list and I said, what do you have as number one? She would have uh, the children receiving a degree and I would have. And we would also say each year we're going to purchase uh, something for the home. If it's uh, a new sofa or a television or something, our goals. We would, and we would set objectives each year of things that... Uh, we would try to accomplish and it programmed us to uh, always build for the future and it has worked out very well uh, uh, for us. And one of the things that uh, I want you to remember and pass this on to the grandchildren also, uh, you know, pay yourself second after you pay your tithes. Uh, you pay yourself, try to put 15% back for yourself. Uh, and that's money that you don't touch. That's money there uh, to build your net worth. So always uh, work to make sure that you are paying yourself first. You know, and uh, student loans, we try to make sure that when you came out of college that you did not have... Uh, any uh, huge debt and the reason why we didn't want that and we would hope that you would continue that for the future generation we felt that if you came out with huge uh, uh, debt from student loans in college you would uh, be dragging that financial uh, 
anchor anklet around for years and it would slow you down from purchasing your first home and it would uh, cripple you from building your net worth early. So our priority was to make sure that you uh, did not get into any uh, huge student loans and that's why uh, our objective was to pay that, that all. We uh, paid for you going through college and we hope that you will continue that with your uh, with our grandchildren and making sure that you have put money to the side that you can pay for them to go through college so they will not have to get into this uh, this huge uh, problem of having to pay off college uh, loans and it was just it's going to be uh, something that's going to hold you back financially in life so I want you to uh, think about that and pass it on to the next generation. The one of the things I also want to talk to you about is uh, a lot of emphasis is placed on weddings, and weddings are beautiful, but uh, it's one day, and it should be something nice. But spending tens of thousands of dollars on wedding can uh, put you in the hole, and will take you years to. Uh, paid it off if you if you haven't saved for it, and a lot of our friends would put those things on credit cards to impress their friends, and they would be paying that debt off year after year after year, and they couldn't get to the real things they wanted to get to, like uh, purchasing uh, a home or uh, getting the things that's needed for the family. So really sit down, save, and plan for the wedding, and remember. It should be nice, but it does not have to be where it's all of your uh, funds are going towards that uh, uh, wedding. And uh, I want you to always remember that uh, you can't hold anybody responsible for uh, looking after your finances. Uh, I, I, I strongly believe you should have a financial advisor, or, but you should always be looking over the shoulder of your financial advisor. Basically, I have two financial advisors. One I'll go to and ask a list of questions, and I'll go to the second one and ask for a list of questions and see if they how their answers compare because I'm looking at the family assets, the family's net worth, and it's my job uh, and the wife's job to protect that. But one of the things that I have found that you cannot uh, avoid, and that's reading. Uh, not reading is a serious, serious mistake. You should be reading something about uh, shelter, uh, food, uh clothing, our investments. Of course, I should always, uh, the Bible, uh, but you should always read. Making a mistake of not reading uh, really, really uh, uh, create a major problem for you uh, down the road. And I want to, uh, uh, we said we're going to talk uh, today about more about how do you protect are those uh, net worth. 
what are some of the things that you need to do uh, to make sure that that net worth is constantly growing and becoming uh, stronger? First of all, a thing that has worked for me uh, and your mother, it's been prayer. We always uh, balance the checkbook and we have another agreement, which I think works very well with uh, a covenant marriage. And when I talked about that briefly versus a contract marriage, a contract marriage basically is uh, I'm in this relationship for what you can get uh, for me. And that's the only thing that's important, money, everything. We do everything separately. And data shows that uh, that doesn't always work out to be the best. I would like for you to pass on to our grandchildren the importance of a covenant marriage, which is three in the relationship. is God, uh, the uh, husband, and the wife. And we have found that to be uh, very successful. In the uh, covenant marriage, we are able to sit down through open communication and we have an agreement on purchase. And what I mean by that, uh, we set ourselves an allowance and uh, we budget everything that we're going to, every dollar that comes into the house, uh, we earmark that money before we uh, start uh, spending. And for example, uh, say if we got $1,000 in from uh, taxes, the first thing we would do is say 10% off of the top of it is going to go to uh, tithing of the church. Uh, the second thing is that we would take a portion of it for offering. Uh, the third thing, we would pay ourselves. And when uh, we got through with that $1,000, we wouldn't know. We would look and see what bills would do or whatever. But uh, if we didn't have any bills, to pay at that time, uh, we would move that money into saving. It wasn't that uh, we're going to take this money because we don't have any bill and have a good time. And over the years, we were able to really uh, save and accumulate uh, a pretty good nest egg by doing that. So it is very important to have a team approach to uh, working through your uh, finances and paying your bills and things. That has worked uh, very well for me. And uh, uh, I, at a very young age, I began to work on breaking a bad habit that I had, and that is being uh, impulsive. Uh, impulsive spending will uh, destroy your net worth. You have to sit down and think about uh, what it is that you're going to purchase. And you have to program yourselves, and I hope you program uh, my grandchildren to understand that it is uh, very important to be able to wait uh, and not always be impulsive in spending. And one of the ways that uh, we would teach uh, our children to do that, and we still see it in them as adults, for example, uh, when they're very young, I said, okay, we're going to give you $100 for Christmas with the understanding, uh, $100 cash, that you do not spend that money 
before or on Christmas that you wait for the sales uh, to come up after Christmas. And we'll take you any place you want to to buy what you want to. Uh, and you and you guys, uh, you really love that. And I noticed today you do not spend huge amounts of money for Christmas, which will cause you to be in debt for the rest of the year. Uh, you uh, spend your money wisely. You are not impulsive spenders. And I hope that you will pass that on to uh, my grandchildren. That's very important. Um, ATM cards, I want to talk to you for a minute. ATM cards are okay, but they are very dangerous if they are not used along with good budgeting. What I mean by that, uh, AT you should not be pulling money out of the checking or savings account that has not been budgeted. Uh, decisions haven't been made of how that's going to be done. In other words, whenever I use the ATM card, it is to pull money for something that myself and the wife has already set down and we have uh, budgeted that money uh, for it to be used for a certain thing. It just don't, well, I got an ATM card and I just pull money and do whatever I want to with it. Uh, we don't do that. Always uh, think about and work towards the goal that if you do have uh, uh, credit cards, uh, start thinking about how you can pay them off in full and get rid of them. But you must remember something, which is very important. You must control your money or your money will control you. You must control your money. I want to make sure that you understand what I mean when I say that. I'm saying that uh, three things that you've got to do and you have to learn uh, to control your money and that is to spend less and every opportunity where you can that means that you are uh, you have to look at prices uh, if you're going to get work done at your home get three bids uh, if you're going to buy a car uh, instead of buying it off of the car lot you know go get a pre-approved loan from uh, your bank or your credit union have a budget of exactly what you're going to spend uh, before you walk on the car lot to get a car. And what you're trying to do is spend less as possible. The other thing that you have to do and you should think about is earning more money. And uh, the more money you, you make, of course, is going to provide for more money to go into your net worth because you're going to be able to save more. But education is key. Uh, in earning uh, more money. It was key in uh, the mother and myself. We had to uh, get college degrees and it paid off for us to be able to take care of our families uh, much better. Uh, and you should pass that on to the next generation. Uh, investing wisely. Make sure that you're investing in things that uh, will bring you a good, steady, uh, dividend and always remember uh, we always uh, talk about it uh, myself and the wife about uh, uh, which ones are you uh, the most happiest about uh, bank deposits or bank withdrawal uh, bank deposits are, are happy for me and for I'm going to talk about a few things that uh, for, for controlling money we talked about 
making sure that uh, we are only the stewards of our own money. We must learn how to rec uh, recognize and, uh, and motivate ourselves to save as much money as we possibly can. And uh, we have to understand understand the uh, meaning of accountability. When I talk about accountability, one of the things that uh, I have set up a system where I have to be accountable to the wife and the wife has a system where she has to be accountable to me and through good budget. Some of my friends say it's being henpecked, but it has saved me thousands and thousands of dollars of using the system over the years. I don't want to go back to the wife and say, I have bust the budget. And she doesn't want to come back to me and say she has busted the budget. Therefore, we all, both stick to the budget. And in the return, our network began to grow because we're able to save. And we don't have to pay for those things which we shouldn't have purchased uh, in the first place. I want to talk a little bit about understanding the difference between need money and seed money. And uh, the... Uh, Need money, I'm talking about, there are certain monies that you're going to need, as we talked before about housing, clothing, and food, and recreation. And seed money we're talking about for investment. And uh, we want to also talk talk about uh, establishing a crisis fund, which we've talked about. Uh, we've talked about having money in uh, uh, for Murphy's. Uh, I call it a Murphy's Fund, which is, uh, uh, I like to keep around 3000 in there. And I'm coming to the end of uh, this session, and the next time I will finish up uh, some other things that you can do, uh, such as consider funding your insurance, and we will talk about uh, accelerate payments on short-term debt, and uh, how to start building money to the point where you can say, I don't need this job. I want to say thank you. I've enjoyed uh, uh, bringing this uh, to you at this time, and I hope you can get some things from it. You know, as an email out there, you can email me, my grandkids, if you have some questions you want to ask me, and that's us, Daniels, D A N I E L S J at gmail.com. That's Daniels at uh, uh, DanielsJ97 at gmail.com. Thank you, and I will be back next week.